Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. Karen Bainey is here with us to talk about her book, Falling for a Real Cowboy. Karen loves writing, whether it's historical fiction set in her beloved state of Arizona or a modern story set in the Phoenix metro area. Her novels always tell an engaging story of flawed characters in need of second chances, redemption, or overcoming personal trials. Karen lives with her husband, Jim, and their two dogs, Bella and Daisy, in Gilbert, Arizona. They enjoy traveling throughout the state, finding new adventures, which often end up influencing her stories. So thank you, Karen, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We're going to start off, as we often do, uh, with our guests and just say, tell us a little bit about your book. (laughs) Yeah, so Falling for a Real Cowboy is actually my first cowboy romance, so I'm very excited to be releasing it. Um, River Sloan is a romance writer, so, you know, that was so hard to write (laughs) and identify with her, Um, and her publisher is basically sending her to Wickenburg, Arizona, to go uh, learn what it's like to live on a ranch uh, so she can better write a cowboy romance. And uh, Dalton J. Vargas IV, (laughs) which is a whole thing, um, which was really fun to introduce that. He's the oldest son of of the family that runs Vargas Ranch. And uh, he um, has sworn off love. And then of course, River is exactly his type and they're grown together. So uh, a lot of fun to write that. Yeah, excellent. All right, Narelle, you want to lead us off? I will. So I'm going to start talking about the insta-love trope. So I'm a big fan of insta-love, of that insta-love tropes in the stories, although I know a lot of readers aren't big fans, so I'm a bit of an outlier sometimes, I feel, on this one. Just a Um, bit. Yeah, but it's a trope that's really close to my heart because um, hubby and I met and were engaged within six months, married within 12 months. Um, we've been married for nearly 28 years. So as far as I'm concerned, we're successful insta-love. You know yeah. how everyone, mm-hmm. we talk about every romance author has a trope. So insta-love would be the trope that I relate to the most. <laughs> and so let's talk about Dalton and River and mm-hmm. why at the start of the story they're both not looking for love and also not looking to fall in love quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I'm a fan of Insta Love. Obviously, I wrote this, but um, I met my husband and married him within eight weeks. So, wow, she's got uh, you beat. And um, totally got Narelle beat. <laughs> and we've been married 23 years. So, we are a successful Insta Love, uh, but also a couple that prepared their hearts for who God was going to bring and when he was going to bring them. So I do want to, in our, in our romance writing, we don't always uh, focus on that aspect, but in real life, that was definitely part of, part of this, um, our experience in that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I do actually tend to write, I feel sometimes a lot of insta love. So (laughs) I I'm challenging myself more and in this series that, you know, I'm dealing with five brothers, so they're not all going to fall in love the same way and all of that. So Dalton and River get to have insta love. They're a little bit, they're not your typical, you know, 20 somethings. She's 31, he's 34. 
Um, they've had a couple relationships, so they know some things they're not looking for. Um, but then when they meet, uh, there's just things that interest them about each other and, and it does happen pretty fast. So. Yeah, no, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I read this book very quickly. I read it very I wasn't quickly planning too. to. No, I wasn't was, planning to read it, it quickly. It just fast, happened. <laughs> it was a fast read. And I looked and I'm like, was it short? It's not short. It just, the pages just, just turn. And then you've yeah. got a sink full of dishes and you're like, how did this happen? I wasn't reading that long, but apparently, apparently I was. So. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Valerie, what you got? I just really want to know, Karen, why my publisher does not send me on a six week <laughs> paid trip to a dude ranch or really anywhere on location. Mine doesn't either. So. Um, so can we talk a bit about how authors are portrayed in fiction? Sure. Um, because I'm seeing more authors in fiction, I think, in the last couple of years than uh, ever before. And why did you choose an author and how did you choose um, her situation, I guess? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, um, I, I was really just brainstorming through because it, it's uh, these, these five brothers, they live and work on the ranch. Ranch life, there's no vacation from that. It's 24 seven. Um, even when you're sick, you're still working on the ranch. And so I had to think about how I could introduce the, the women or the love interest into a, a ranch resort kind of setting. Um, that, that's part of what spawned the resort aspect of it. A little bit of a twist on um, some of your um, stories that end up being more of like a guest ranch. It is a guest ranch, but it's also kind of a resort. And the setting of Arizona really lends itself to that. Um, so I was just trying to think like, you know, what kind of jobs or what, what situation other than just your typical vacation um, would cause somebody to be there and then to interact um, with this family. And I thought, you know what? I've never written a story about an author. I would love to write a story about an author. Um, and then why a published, a traditional published author versus <laughs> someone like me who is an independent author? Um, I, you know, I was just like, I want to, I want to look at it just from a slightly different lens. I also thought, well, most of us indie authors definitely aren't getting a paid vacation to, <laughs> to a ranch. Yeah. Um, I would have to beg a lot from yeah. my husband to get something like that. Um, I know it's a little stretch for even a traditional publisher to send them, but uh, I, I'm asking for some grace on that. It just <laughs> sounded like a fun way to present it. Yeah. Well, there's there's insta love and then there's insta love, right? I mean, like you gave them six weeks. I know. Um, and so, I mean, you you had to get her to to stick around. I mean, longer than a than a weekend. I mean right. that. That that would be insta love, right? <laughs> right. But um, but to make it to make enough uh, words for a story, mm -hmm. <laughs> enough things have to happen, enough time has to go by for interaction. Right. That uh, that's six weeks. I think that's a, a a length of time that we often use. I mean, it's 
one we use in Christmas stories a lot mm-hmm. from, you know, the Thanksgiving through Christmas and or through a summer vacation or um, that sort of thing. So um, while it is a short period of time, it's it's long enough for things to actually happen in it. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a different definition of insta-love. Uh-oh. <laughs> Because no, I would define in, insta-love to me relates to when the hero and heroine meet and some, sometimes they'll meet and they'll be, they'll be, it'll be enemies to love and they'll sort of hate each other and not like each other or not realise that what they hate is actually the flip side of love. And then sometimes you get these characters that meet and there's that really, really strong connection from the beginning and that's how I define insta-love is you have that very strong connection at the beginning and you have that intense time together which obviously you have on the ranch and the story doesn't drag out for any longer than probably um two three four months and it's done yeah whereas a story yeah yeah whereas a story can be done in six weeks but it's not necessarily insta-love at the mm-hmm. beginning it depends on how that initial um connection happens at the beginning mm-hmm. so that's just my opinion <laughs> you're like I would agree I think I agree with you let me let me make sure <laughs> that I do um are you saying insta love is basically just a rephrase of love at first sight kind of thing versus yeah. a short time frame romance and I so think it's is there a different trope then for just a, would that just be like a whirlwind romance, which you could do enemies to love that's fast and it's a whirlwind enemies to love, they get over it and yeah. it's over a six week period, but that's not insta love because it was something else. It's insta love is that yeah. love at first sight. But insta love then by that definition could, could still take like two years for an engagement. They just insta loved each other. True. But if it's true, but my idea of true insta-love is that, and if I go back to my real life, is <laughs> I can't imagine the misery of having to do a long engagement with my husband. Uh, like that would yeah. have been really, really miserable. <laughs> and so I think lived experience then comes into this. And so to me, dragging out the tail is not insta-love because it's, it's, it's like this fast time frame connection. And yeah, what I think Karen would understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. And I am not a fan of long engagements. And it and as as a writer, I have to fight that sometimes, right? Because that's my experience as mm. a quick engagement, but a very wonderful marriage. And not without problems, because that's not what, real. What marriage but, is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but really all, considering everything, just a really wonderful marriage and true partnership. And so I really have to challenge myself with some of my stories to like, like, I I can't write them all to be that same way, but I very rarely am going to write a long engagement. And I will tell you, it's just a philosophical thing for me. Um, And, and uh, I, to me, if you, if you have friendship and you're building friendships, sometimes friendships happen fast. Sometimes mm-hmm. they take a long time to build. And so the same can happen with romance. And I'm hoping that when we're marrying somebody, we're also friends with them. Um, and so I'm not sure that I that I agree with the whole long engagement thing. And so I just have a hard time. Like I don't I don't want to write something that I don't 
you know, necessarily agree with, but I don't have a problem reading it. So I will say that. Mm. River and, yeah. Sorry, you go, Valerie. Can't remember. Go. So, but River and Dalton, it's it's the way they meet. So when they first meet each other and it's the meet cute is where she's effectively stranded at a grocery store because the taxi driver refuses to drive the extra however mm-hmm. long it is to get to the ranch and she's from, um, she's not from that part of the world. I'm thinking she's from somewhere around the Great Lakes. Am I right? Oh, Ohio. So Ohio. Central I'm, Ohio, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of close. Narelle geography, close, that's in yeah. Great Lakes. <laughs> Okay. But anyway, yeah. And so she's completely lost and he happens to be the um, the brother in town that happens to be the closest and he happens to be the boss who would never normally run into her. And so it, it's that whole unexpected meet cute thing where they thought they shouldn't be so attracted to each other and so drawn to each other, yet they are. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of, I really enjoyed this story. I can cut waxing lyrical mm-hmm. about it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I really liked about it was that initial connection. I really, that got me, got me by the throat and I just kept reading when I should have been doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> Did you remember what you were going to say, Valor? No, it's no. okay. It, it'll either come back or it won't. Okay. All right. Very good. So um, you touched briefly on this, but uh, it's it's still, I think, worth exploring. So like the majority of cowboy books in Christian fiction, uh, probably in all fiction, but I only know really cowboy books and Christian fiction are set in Montana, Wyoming, mm-hmm. and Texas. Like those are those are the ones. Um, so, other than the fact that you live in Arizona, tell us why Northern Arizona um, and what makes the setting special and different from other cowboy mm-hmm. romance. So, um, Arizona is what I write everything, okay. and that's kind of my commitment to readers. I don't see at any time, any time soon at all, um, deviating from having some tie to Arizona. And um, a lot of that is because I moved here in my early 20s and just fell in love with the state. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I started reading about the history and that's what ended up prompting me to start writing and writing historical fiction initially. So um, just expect Arizona because it's me. (laughs) Um, but, but why Wickenburg specifically, um, I was doing research because I, I do like to honor the people in the towns and places that I use as settings. I like to use real places to, to an extent, you know, changing names and, or a twist, my own twist on things, but I want to honor the people that are from there and that live there and work there and, So um, I was just looking up dude ranches in Arizona. There are actually two dude ranches um, outside of Wickenburg. Um, And I read their stories and how they started. And um, one of them is a family ranch. One of them's more like a resort. Um, And then I also found one in Mojave, Arizona, uh, run by a family. And so those three stories combined really inspired me to develop the Vargas Ranch and uh, Guest Ranch and Resort. Um, so Wickenburg was a great place um, because I'm familiar with it. I've, I've visited um, and then I kind of, it's actually really about 30 minutes outside of Wickenburg. Um, on, I picked a spot where there's a mountain 
Um, and it's state trust land is really in real life what it is. But I just dropped a ranch right there. And there's I do little, that all the time too. Yeah, I little get it. town, yeah, little town of four paw that actually exists uh, right by there. And I'm like, that'd be great because employees could be right there. And yeah. and that's how all that comes about. So that's excellent. Very good. I enjoyed being in the Southwest. I think I would read more cowboy stuff set in the Southwest because I love the Southwest and I don't consider Texas the Southwest. It's Texas. So <laughs> it's just, I think Texans would agree with you that it's I, I agree. The yeah. Southwest. Texas probably Correct. would agree. <laughs> um, so the, very cool. Very cool. I liked that unique, um, that unique take. Thank it was you. good. All right. Well, um, tell us what's next for you. What, what's probably more Vargas brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, so the second book, Falling for a Shy Cowboy, actually comes out on December 19th. Okay. Um, I, it is really quick back-to-back -back releases on those, but it's they were done. I had the time, uh, and I, I don't delay if I don't have a reason. So. Um, so I'm currently writing the third book, which is Falling for a Bossy Cowboy, which is the most... Um, the most outgoing, uh, swaggery brother in the bunch. Um, that's going to be his story. And it's a really interesting pairing because he is going to start working on the new sports complex. He's going to be over, uh, over yeah. that. And uh, a tennis pro is going to come and stay in rehab. And that's a really weird mix. And how do you do tennis and cowboy? It's a lot of fun figuring that out. Yeah. So I'm just wondering why you didn't call that one falling for a swaggery cowboy. <laughs> That's it's too kidding. Long. Kidding, it's too kidding. Long it is long in the title. <laughs> so um, which is an interesting thing. I do actually like sometimes choose the word for the title because I want to see how it looks on the cover. So and I'm funny like that. I think, but, I think we all do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm also working. <laughs> on a prequel to the series, which I had not been planning at all. So usually when I sit down with a series, I do a series outline, get high level, each of the books, uh, the connecting theme and all of that kind of stuff. There was no plan for a prequel. Um, and then as I've been thinking about reader magnets and what can I give away for free or free and paid and that kind of thing to get people a chance to get to know me and my writing better. I was like, I should really do a prequel for the Vargas Ranch. So I have both the prequel and the third book are about a third of way through their first draft. I'm writing them simultaneously. Wow. Very interesting experience. Um, I do tend to write multiple manuscripts at the same time. And that's how I combat writer's block. Because if I'm blocked on this one, I'm probably not blocked on that one. And so I'll go you know, work on it. Can you but. give us a hint on the prequel? On the prequel? Um, it, it's not going to be anybody from the Vargas uh, family, okay. but it will deal with the ranch. Um, and in the first book, I think I mentioned the Lariat, which is the Aunt Greta's cafe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so it's going to be a little bit more about Aunt Greta's cafe and her niece, Kara, who did the photography in that. So, um, so that's hmm. going to be, it's going to be Kara's story and uh, Sawyer. And it's going to be oh. called Falling for a Fake Cowboy. <laughs> so 
that right there gives you a hint as to the trope there. Yes, it does. Yes, yes, it does. All right. Tell us, uh, or everyone actually, where can people find you online? Um, so uh, my website, karenbaney.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, AKX, which I still don't <laughs> understand the rename, but I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> and uh, BookBub, um, I'm on there, uh, Goodreads. So all of those everywhere. places. You're everywhere. I, <laughs> I try to be everywhere. I am not on TikTok. I'm too old for that. So. <laughs> I am too. All right. And um, everything's linked, I would imagine, on your website. So they yes, can just go there and find their preferred platform to find yes. you. Yes. Excellent. Uh, anything that you feel like you want to say about falling for a real cowboy that we did not hit? Um, you know, one of the things, there, there's this scene um, where River is trying to work through what does it mean to switch over to the cowboy genre? And she's sitting in the dining hall. And I fondly call that scene River's Manifesto. Um, and, and part of that is because it's become a little bit of my mission statement behind um, the series and any future cowboy romances. Um, I think it's going to be hard to get me out of this genre now that I'm in it because I really like it. Um, I hear you, lady. I hear you. But... <laughs> If, if you would humor me, I would like to read um, just a real quick snippet from that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, so she's sitting there just writing and thinking through all of what it means to, to write a cowboy romance. And she says that, that's what readers wanted, a handsome, chivalrous, kind cowboy, the perfect picture of manliness in Americana an icon that harkened back to a time when men were manly and family values meant something, not the baffling worldview screaming at them all day, every day, demoralizing their soul, her very soul. She quickly scrawled the words from her mind onto the tablet. This would be the theme to anchor her in the unfamiliar subgenre. If she accepted it, her mission was to bring stories with strong family values to worn out women stories that boasted men as God designed them to be strong, courageous, yet submitted to their Lord and Savior, exhibiting the love of Christ in their interactions with those around them, family, faith, and freedom in Christ. Nice. Yeah. So if yeah. you want to know what I'm about as a writer, <laughs> that's it right there. And I think I'm in a in a good company here from what I've read in your books. So. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely what we aim for, for sure. Uh, well, we are awfully glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much, uh, yes. Karen, for, for being here. And thank you everyone for watching or listening. Um, we would love to know what you think. If you have questions for Karen, she might pop over and uh, look at them for a week or two. We don't we don't keep our guests on the hook for the rest of your life, but um, <laughs> maybe a week or two you could poke over and look. Yeah. Um, you can leave a comment over on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. Um, most people just do it on the YouTube channel, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> and um, we... If you are over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. I almost missed that. We, we will look forward to seeing you again next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye.
Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye, everyone.